welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Good morning. Woo, that was a good time of worship. I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't contain myself in preparation for this time together. To be able to celebrate God and reminding myself of who He is and what He's done for us all. And that we get to celebrate them together. I don't know where you're at on the other side of this screen, but I want you to know that you're not alone. God is with you. Where two or more gather in his name, there he is also. And right now, we are gathering in his name. Even though we might be separated as far as distance is concerned, but as far as proximity together, we are together in this moment. Even if you're watching in the future, God is with you right now. And I'm in I'm incredibly humbled by the word that God's placed on my heart today to be able to share with you. Because humbling moments can be challenging, can be difficult when we share things about our own lives too, but it's so important because God wants to use them. And as we've been in the series called Outbreak, last week, Melissa laid out an incredible description of the good news, of the gospel, of who Jesus is through the life of Saul. The fact that Saul was persecuting Christians. He was killing those who followed Jesus. And he actually went, put in a request and got approval to go to Damascus to go and round up more Christians, to imprison more Christians, to persecute more Christians. And in route to that destination, Jesus met him right where he was at. He met him right where he was at, transformed his life. And that is what the gospel is all about. The fact that Jesus will meet you exactly where you're at, no matter what you're facing. And we get to continue in that this morning. We get to see what happens next in the life of Saul. How is God going to use him and speak through him in this moment as we continue our series of Outbreak as we study the book of Acts? And we're going to be in Acts 9. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and get there. Uh, If you don't, that's cool too. Uh, We're going to throw it at the bottom of the screen. But we want you to know that here at Soul Revival Church, We have a heart and a passion for Jesus, and we want people to know the love that he offers. And we also always want to let people know about the Bible. It can be intimidating at times. It can be confusing where to go, how to understand and interpret what it is. But first and foremost, we need to acknowledge the fact that this this is not a rule book. This is not something telling you what you need to do in order to earn the love of God. That is not what it is at all. It is God's story, his story of creating us. The decisions we made that separate us from God, but then him sending Jesus to step in place for the sin that we've had so that we can have a direct relationship with God. And this is his love story to us about those stories, about real life facts that took place and him seeking us to restore relationship with us. And along the way, it gives us guidance of how to live, but not because we have to do it, but we get to through our relationship with God because he's looking out for us. But before we jump in, would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are here, that you are present, that you are in this room. You are in the room that everyone else is right now. Maybe not a room, maybe a car, maybe outside, maybe on a walk as they listen to this. Uh, But God, I pray that you would speak directly to who you have this message for today. God, help me get out of the way. Let your words, Holy Spirit, speak through me so that people can encounter you in a fresh new way, that they can hear your voice, that they would be able to respond through their faith and their hope in you, God. But I thank you so much that we have the opportunity to come together to celebrate and glorify you, God. And I pray that you would be in control. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Woo, so I'm gonna get a little vulnerable with you today. Um, I got a story, a story of my own life uh, when I was in my early 20s. Now, I don't know about you, but there's moments where you come up between different decisions in life and it might put you in positions that maybe you didn't want to be in. Uh, maybe leading into it, you didn't realize what was about to happen. But then afterwards, you look back on it and say, man, I wish I wasn't in that position because our choices and the, and the decisions that we make within our life, there's consequences that happen. God has given us free will. So the choices that we make, there's a reaction that can take place because of it. And for me, I was 21 years old. I was home for the summer from college and hanging out with some friends. And as I was hanging out with my friends, uh, it had gotten late. I didn't know Jesus at the time. I was chasing all the wrong things, consumed by alcohol, by drugs. And in the midst of a party, what we would call a party, thinking it was something fun, thinking it was something entertaining. I had some friends with me and some other individuals who had an idea that maybe we should go to this restaurant that we had access to. Got the keys for it. We can go in and, and we can have a meal. And in that moment, I was faced with decision to make. Do I look like a coward with my friends? Do I look like somebody who isn't confident enough to go and hang out? Am I not cool enough? Do I not stand out enough? And, you know, I'm not one of the in crowd by saying, no, I'm not gonna go. Or do I go along with the crowd and face possibility of getting in trouble? And I felt like in that moment, I was between a rock and a hard place. What choice do I make? What decision do I make right now? And, uh, Either one seemed like a bad decision. Either one felt like it was a difficult decision. And in hindsight, I made the wrong decision. I went and ultimately I was arrested for it. Even though it was someone who had the keys and let us in, but I made a bad decision. Have you ever made bad decisions in your life and you look back on what was I thinking? It was so clear what I should have done, but I made the wrong choice in what that could be. That's what I want to talk with you about a little bit today. And we're going to look at Saul's life and how that could maybe relate to ours. Because in that moment, the decision that I made, I was not looking at it from a place of my faith either. It was a worldly perspective of the things that I was chasing, the desires that I had within my own life. But I found myself in a difficult position. And the title of this message, if you're taking notes, is Between a Rock and a Hard Place. Because there's different circumstances when we can find ourselves between a rock and a hard place. What choices we make forward that can determine our destiny, that God wants to work in and through us. And Paul, his story, as it leads up to this moment in time, after he had an encounter with Jesus, after his life was changed and transformed, he's in Damascus now. And he starts speaking about who Jesus is. Now, this is incredible because, again, if, if you're in Acts, if you made it to Acts 9, we're going to look to verse 20. And it says, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So he had an encounter with Jesus. He's now in Damascus. And those who follow Jesus are thinking, uh, can I trust him? I don't know. But Ananias was someone that stepped in that we heard about last week. But now he goes directly to the synagogues because he was of Jewish descent. So he had access to these synagogues. He had the ability to step in. So everybody there is looking at him and thinking, all right, this is Paul. He was on a mission here to persecute Christians, to help us continue to further our faith and our power. But he steps up in the synagogue at once 
and start speaking the good news of who Jesus was. So he just left Jerusalem where he was celebrated for throwing rocks or the approval of rocks being thrown at Stephen to kill him, which ultimately began the spread of the gospel. But he's leaving that. He's leaving those rocks. But now he's in a hard place because now he's faced with the same Jewish people who thought they were on the same side. But he's stepping up within a synagogue and at once started to preach the good news of Jesus. Man, that's the side of being between a rock and a hard place I want to be on. To say, I don't care what I'm facing in this moment. Either decision could be challenging, but I want to choose the one that points to Jesus. And as he's in that moment and he's preaching who Jesus is, he didn't wait. He wasn't waiting until he grew in his faith to a particular stature. So I want to encourage you, if you've made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus... Do not allow that to prevent you from sharing that good news until you get to a particular point in time, until you know enough. Jesus changed your life. He transformed your heart. God wants to use it because you don't need to know everything to share something. Let me say that again. You don't need to know everything to share something. All you need to share is your story. Like this is where I was at within my life and Jesus met me in it. Your story is the most powerful thing that you can have. Just a few weeks ago, we got to celebrate at North Beach, people making that decision to be baptized in response to their decision to step into a relationship with Jesus. And through sharing those stories, other lives were transformed. Someone else stepped forward and not only accepted Jesus, but someone else said, I want to be baptized today too, because people were sharing their story. What's your story? Are you sharing your story? It's important to share your story, and it can be vulnerable, it can be challenging, just like my story, the story that I shared with you to this point. There's nothing glorifying about that story. And in the moment, I would have done anything to have made a different decision in that moment. But right now, as I look back and I say, it had to happen. It had to happen, because right now, I can share this story with you, and I can say, look, God right now wants to speak through me to help you hear his good news. But that nobody... Nobody's equipped or qualified enough to be there because the decisions that I've made to me should have discounted me from that. But God's saying, no, I want to use broken people. I want to I want to use people that made bad choices because I can redeem it. Just like Saul in this moment, he's saying, I can redeem it. Yeah, you might have been persecuting Christians, but now I'm going to use you to help further the faith. I'm going to help you share the good news and I'm going to use you to change and transform lives. Your story can do the same thing. Share what God's putting on your heart. But it does, it requires a bit of vulnerability. It requires sharing that story, sharing who Jesus is, and that can be challenging. But Paul, he made that decision to do it, even though he's coming off the heels of persecuting Christians. So he knows by speaking the gospel of who Jesus is that he very well may face that same level of persecution. But he did it anyway. When Jesus changes your heart, when he gets a hold of your heart, when you acknowledge the fact that he came and he died for you, to step into your place so you could have a direct relationship with God so that you can find joy and comfort and rest in the most difficult circumstances, you cannot help but to share that gospel. You cannot help but to share the good news of who he is. And that's what what Saul did in this moment. And it continues on. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? Like they're in the synagogue looking around at each other like, Who is this dude? What is he talking about? Isn't he the one that was supposed to be coming here 
to persecute more Christians? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Aren't you the one? Aren't you the one that... Have you ever found yourself in that position? Aren't you the one that used to be at the bars all the time? Aren't you the one that used to be at the parties doing those same drugs? Aren't you the one that used to sit there and gossip with me about? Aren't you the one... Have you been in those moments where people are looking at you like, aren't you the one? If you have, it's okay. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. It is a hard and challenging thing, but it is good because it allows you to share your story in that moment. But as a follower of Christ, there's a challenge that's required that's coming right now from a place of love. Because if you have not found yourself in these moments where people are saying, aren't you the one? after stepping into a relationship with Jesus, after him radically transforming your heart, and they're not looking at you saying, aren't you the one that used to? You might not be living out that faith right now. And this is a challenge from a place of love because it's so critical and important that when we step into a relationship with Jesus, it's not about our own intimate relationship with God, like, oh, it's personal. No, Jesus said to go and make disciples, to share the good news of who he is. We have got to live differently and share why we're living differently. We have got to share our story. That was the darkest moment in my life when I was arrested. That was the darkest moment that led to a spiral where I then had family members who died within six months of each other, both of my grandparents who helped to raise me. And I spiraled into a place of depression, hopelessness, and despair, wanting not to go on another day, just thinking about how can I end it all because this life is not worth living. The decisions that I've made, the pain that I've experienced, it is not worth it. But Jesus met me in the midst of my pain. He used someone to meet me in the midst of my pain who said, you know what, it's okay, you're not broken, you're not too far gone because I can restore all things. I can help all people and right now I want to help you. I want to meet you exactly where you're at. And I'm here to share my story with you so that you can know that no matter how far gone you think that you are, it is not the end and it is not over because Jesus will meet you where you're at. He will meet you like he met Saul in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of even persecuting others who follow Jesus. He didn't have to believe first to be loved. Jesus met him in that moment and said, no, you are loved and I'm going to transform your heart. Not only am I transforming your heart, I'm going to use you to transform others. I've got a purpose for his life. And God said he had a purpose for my life. And I promise you he has a purpose for yours. He wants to use you to do things that you can never imagine. And you are not too far gone. You are not past the point of redemption. Because God can change and heal all things. And restore all things. But you got to let him in to do it. And you got to share your story. You've got to share what he's doing in your life because it will change someone else's life. Because it's Paul or Saul. I'm using both names because I want you to realize it's the same person. The same Paul that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's the Saul that was transformed by a moment with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus, and it changed everything. And he couldn't help but to share the gospel, the good news. When Jesus has a hold of your heart, you cannot help but to share the good news. And as they're looking, I'm like, aren't you the one? Aren't you the one? Yeah, yeah. Saul in that moment did not step back. He did not sidestep any of it. And it continues that yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. By proving that Jesus was Messiah, he was blowing people away because God will use who you were to witness to people where you are. God will use who you were 
to witness to people where you are, share with people exactly where you are because he brought you from somewhere. So right now, Saul was coming from a difficult place of wrestling with the choices and actions he made before, but he used and decided to allow God to use it to speak to people exactly where they're at. He didn't allow that to prevent him from sharing and thinking he was too far gone. So he was empowered through the Holy Spirit. God continued to use him and as people heard what he was sharing, who he was, he had such a great Jewish background and understanding of the Jewish faith, which is what we read in the Old Testament about all of those scripture of who God was, but you see Jesus in all of it. So now he's showing up in these synagogues. He is speaking to Jewish people. God is empowering him more and more through his Holy Spirit. And he's using that to point to Jesus. God wants to use your brokenness from your past to point to Jesus. There's power in your past. There is power in your past, but you got to be willing to use it. Are you going to use it to point to God? Or are you going to use it to point to the bad things in life. Because when Jesus transforms your heart, God will empower you to share your story and it's going to impact the lives of those around you. And these people are sitting there thinking, wow, who was this? But he's still, he's between a rock and a hard place. But it doesn't stop him because when Jesus is with you, it's like, you know what, rock hard, it doesn't matter. I have to speak Jesus. I have to speak the gospel. I have to share the good news of the restoration that he can provide to other people. And it requires a humility and a vulnerability, a willingness to share your story. And you might feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. Maybe not through past decisions you made, now you're with Jesus and how how do I connect and relate to people? Aren't you the one? You want to find yourself in that position, even though it's hard, even though it's uncomfortable. But rock in a hard place, like mask or no mask, send kids to school or don't send them back to school. All of these things that we are facing right now as a society. And we're thinking rock hard place. Where do I fall? Which side am I on? And it is not about sides. In this moment, Saul was not concerned about the rock or the hard place. He was saying, I'm standing on my faith. My foundation is through Jesus Christ and I cannot help. I am compelled to share the gospel of who he is. So let's stop worrying about the rocks and the walls in our lives. And let's focus on who Jesus is because he has got a plan and a purpose and he wants to work in and through your life right now by saying, I don't want to have those conversations as far as them being the main thing. I want to talk about Jesus and what he's doing in my life. Share your story. But it's, and it continues here. But his followers, uh, actually in, in Acts 9, 23-24, after many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy amongst the Jews to kill him. So now he continues to share the gospel, and they're like, man, we got to kill this guy. We have to shut him up. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. So as he's stuck and he's like, man, I am, I am in the midst of being between a rock, leaving Jerusalem, the rocks that were there in a hard place. Like now there's a city wall. There's a city wall that they're watching because they're trying to see me leave so that they can kill me and persecute me. There's times in our lives where we might feel like, all right, I finally got a way 
from my past. And then you're faced with a wall. You're like, man, I thought I was just doing what I was supposed to be doing. I'm finally getting to where I think God wanted to be. And now I hit a wall. Why does this keep happening to me? I'm just trying to do the right things. But as Paul hits this wall, he's not discouraged by it. He doesn't allow that to detract or deter him from continuing to push forward and to figure out, God, what do you want for me in this moment? See, because it says, his, but his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Two things that stand out to me there. For one, here's a wall, but they found an opening. You might feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, but God, he'll provide a way where there is no way. He'll make a way where there is no way. Sorry, I had to sing it. My voice is terrible, but it's this reminder of like, God will make a way where it looks like there's no way. He'll make a way at the wall. So you might feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, but he will make a way where there is no way because he's got a plan for your life. Now, that way might not look the way that you planned it to be. I'm sure as Paul started to speak who Jesus was, he was hopeful that he was going to share that with all of the Jewish people there and they were all going to accept Jesus. He probably didn't expect the fact that they're going to now try to kill him. If you're being persecuted for your faith, you're probably following your purpose. I'm going to say that again. If you're being persecuted for your faith, you're probably following your purpose. And your purpose it is... God has created us all on purpose and with purpose. But ultimately, that's rooted in our calling to share the gospel of who Jesus is. And he's going to use us in our different areas, wherever we are, to continue to share that good news. And in that moment, God created a way. But not only did he create a way, but now the people who started to team up with Saul, became friends with Saul, they said, you know what, we got to help you get out of here. So it wasn't just that God created a way, he used some people to help him hit that path. God has some people in your life, or maybe not even in your life yet. You maybe haven't even met them yet, but you start sharing your story. God's going to connect you with some other people that have that same faith, that same foundation in Jesus. And when you think you're up against the wall, like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, they'll be there for you to encourage you, to help you through. And that when God provides a way, they'll help you get through it. And that's what happened in this moment. God had some people because we are better together. We are better together and God used some people to help Saul, to help him find that way through the wall so that he could escape being between a rock and a hard place. And in Acts 9, 26, it continues, when he came to Jerusalem, because he headed back to Jerusalem, so the same place he left to go persecute people in Damascus, he's now going back to Jerusalem because of him speaking the gospel in Damascus and now being driven out because his life was at stake. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. They were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. And it, it's crazy because look, he thought he's following God. And, and he was actually in Damascus for three years. So he was transformed through an encounter with Jesus and started preaching who Jesus was. And for three years was in Damascus. And then people tried to kill him. The Jewish people tried to kill him. There, here's this hard place that he escapes from. But now he goes back to Jerusalem. He tries to team up with the other disciples, the other people that are following Jesus. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't this the dude that was killing Christians? Now he's back between a rock and a hard place. 
Isn't this, isn't this the guy who is persecuting us? Can we trust him for real? And I know that feeling. I do because when Jesus transformed my life and then you go back where you used to be, people look at you like, wait, wait a second. Weren't you the one? It's, it's real life though. Things, things aren't just super clean and easy when you accept a relationship with Jesus. They can get a little messy. We can find ourselves between a rock in a hard place. And I remember that all too well because Jesus transformed my heart, brought me to someplace else. But when I came back home, came back where I was from, people looked at me and were like, well, aren't you the one? Because you are made new through Christ. That was me then, now introducing the me now. Because if you knew the me then, you wouldn't know the me now. If we had a conversation, you'd probably ask yourself how. How did he overcome depression and change his lifestyle? But that was me then, now introducing the me now. Whew. Jesus will transform your heart. He will change who you were into something new. And people will take notice of it. But you have the opportunity to say, but it was Jesus. But here's what happens next for him. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey has seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved and preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Fearlessly. Say fearlessly. Tell yourself, I'm going to speak the good news of Jesus fearlessly. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Do you have a Barnabas in your life? Do you have someone in your life that wants to come alongside you? We are better together. And as Saul came back to Jerusalem, he's feeling like, man, where do I fit in? Where do I belong? Because I'm just trying to connect with other followers of Jesus, but they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And maybe it was justified because the last they knew of Saul is that he was persecuting and killing Christians. But the same way that God used Ananias in Damascus, he is using Barnabas here in Jerusalem. And he would actually become good friends with Saul on missionary journeys, taking the gospel to new places. But he vouches for him to say, no, God changed his heart. And he's been speaking about Jesus in Damascus for the past three years. They were trying to kill him and now he's back. And maybe you you have a Barnabas in your life, but I would also ask, are, are you a Barnabas to someone else? We're expecting God for big things, and we know that he's changing lives all the time. And we want to put our position, ourselves in position to help others too. So when they step into a relationship with Jesus, they're not just trying to figure it out on their own. They're not going back to the places they were before and people looking at them like they're crazy. But aren't you the one? Aren't you the one? Like, you know what? No, I'm going to come alongside you and say, yeah, you were the one, but now you're the one transformed by the one. Jesus changes lives. He transforms hearts and he did it to me. He's done it for you. And maybe, maybe you've never made that decision before. And today you're hearing something differently than you've heard it before. But we're going to give an opportunity in a few moments for you to make that decision. Because Jesus will meet you exactly where you're at.
Your past does not define you. Your past does not dictate your destiny. God does. And he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants to work in and through you to help change and transform not only other people's lives, but even your own. Say, look, I want to give you peace and rest and comfort, even when you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. But I only want to be between a rock and a hard place when it has to do with my faith in Jesus. I want to stand up for what is right. I want to be in a position where I'm feeling the pressure But based on my relationship with Jesus, not my own dumb decisions like the story I shared with you earlier. Because I found myself between a rock and a hard place based on my bad choices. Saul did too, from one bad choice, but the next choice was a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes you accepting Jesus might mean that it's going to put you between a rock and a hard place. But God will create a way when there is no way. He will bring people in your life because we are better together, but he will use you and he will use your story to make a difference. And he will provide a way when it feels like there is no way because God loves you and he is for you and not against you. And he works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Just live out your faith and share why. Nobody can take your story away from you. No one can discount your story. It's not about saying, you must believe in Jesus or you'll go to hell. It's saying, you know what? I needed Jesus. Here's what he did in my life. Here's how he transformed my heart. And here's the hope that I have in him right now. Not the worldly hope, but the godly hope of a confident expectation of a greater tomorrow based on the character and promises of God. Because he will do what he said he was going to do. He wants to bring the whole world back to him. He loves all people because we are all his children. And he's got a purpose for our lives. Even if we feel like we're between a rock and a hard place, he wants to help us. See, and as Saul was there, he talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. So now he's back in Jerusalem. He finally gets welcomed in with other Christians, but then he uses his platform, his past. There's power in our past when we allow God to use it. He uses his past position to be able to speak to more Jewish people about who Jesus was. And here they are persecuting him now. They tried to kill him. And when the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Again, God provides a way. Between a rock and a hard place, but God provides a way. He provides a way and uses people to help him get there. And he's in Tarsus for 8 to 12 years. You might feel like you were stuck between a rock and a hard place. And it's like, wait, now I feel like I'm in obscurity. That's okay. God's working. He is working in the waiting. Don't stop waiting. This is a season of waiting. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. What's next? What's next? Are we still quarantined or not? What do we do? Social distance? Do we wear a mask? All these things. And you need to not allow the world to continue to storm your brain and your mind to get you confused. Because God is saying, no, in the waiting, I am working. But stay calm. Stay steadfast. Stand on my name and my truth and the love that I provide because I am going to make a way where there is no way. But be patient because it might be a season of waiting. That does not mean that God's not done working. And if he's not done working, then I'm not done waiting. Because he's doing something. He is doing something. So whether you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, find yourself in a season of waiting, Our foundation is in Jesus, but continue to share your story of what he's done in your life. And it continues on. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. 
when you share your story, it can impact those around you. Because a time of peace doesn't mean no one was persecuting Christians anymore. It just means that they were empowered through his faith. Despite the persecution that Saul was facing, despite any of that, they saw his faith in Jesus and his willingness to share his story no matter what. So it gave them a peace. Even if they were being persecuted, there's peace in the midst of persecution if you're resting on the name of Jesus. Because he is for you and not against you. So the people around Saul were strengthened because of his faith. And that might mean the first time he left Jerusalem, he left persecuting Christians. And the second time he leaves, he leaves as a persecuted Christian. But which time do you think he felt more joy? Which time do you think he felt more empowered? Which time do you think he felt closest to God? When you're between a rock and a hard place, there might be some pressure there, but God's working in it. And you can have joy that circumstances cannot touch. You can have peace that circumstances cannot touch. And it goes on to say, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. So people were accepting Jesus, but they were living in fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Fear of the Lord. This is something that's so important because we we can live our lives in such a state of fear. Right now, we can be living in fear. Do I have the virus? Am I going to get the virus? I don't want to give the virus. What's going on in schools? Are my kids going to fall behind? Who's going to be there to take care of me? I don't know what's going on. I feel afraid. And God's saying, do not fear. Do not be afraid because I am with you. But fear of the Lord is a different kind of fear. It is an awe and a reverence to be like, God, you have got me. I don't know what I'm facing right now, but I'm not going to be afraid of what this world's doing now because I have fear of the Lord. I have awe and reverence of a mighty God, the King of Kings on the throne who came and died for me and he will not leave you or forsake you because he is with you. But we need to be in awe and reverence of God because when we're in awe and reverence of God, we're not impacted by what's going on around us. We can be between a rock and a hard place and still speak the gospel because it's our story. But they were also encouraged by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, another word for the Holy Spirit is the great comforter. Because you might be thinking, yeah, God, all reverence, it's this far off God. And no, he's saying, no, but my Holy Spirit, I am the great comforter. I am within you. You accept a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit resides within you. This is not a far off distance God. We can live in awe and reverence of who he is, but he is with us to give us comfort right where we're at. And through our relationship with Jesus, through living in awe and reverence of God, but being comforted by his Holy Spirit, he will continue to use us to change and transform lives that we don't have to live in a state of fear because we can see lives transformed through our faith. Share your story. Share your story. Even if you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place, you might be between that rock and hard place because you're supposed to be there to feel the pressure so you can continue to share your story through your purpose. Share your story. Because the good news is that Jesus came and died for you. No one is good, not even one, except for Jesus. That's why he had to come, because none of us, we all have flaws, we all have mistakes, whether we show it outwardly or not, it's things we're hiding deep within our hearts. Everybody has flaws. But Jesus says, that's okay, because I came in, and I separate your sin from the east to the west. I no longer hold it against you, because you are saved through relationship with me. So if you have a relationship with Jesus right now, be encouraged. Say, it's okay. I'm not too far gone. God still wants to use me in the midst of this. Even if I find myself between a rock and a hard place, God wants to use me. 
But if you've never made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Your life is going to forever change. You're going to be transformed. You're going to find purpose within your life to say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share what God's done in my life so that I can see lives transformed. But not only that, my life is going to be transformed because even though I'm still in the midst of a rock and a hard place, it's okay because God is with me and he is for me. So right now, if you've never made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus, here's what it requires. There's no list of steps you have to take. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So if that's you today, just say, that's me. I believe. Say, I believe. Put it in the comment section. I believe. We have a link there. We'd love it if you click it and share with us. But even if you don't share with us, share it with somebody. Let a friend know, I believe. That person who's been asking you to just jump on to this video, listen to this podcast, text them and say, I believe. Because not only is there a celebration in heaven taking place right now based on your decision, but it will also encourage that person to share their story because they might have been your Barnabas, your Ananias. Let them know that you believe because their story matters. And I'm going to pray with you right now. God, I thank you so much for those who just made that decision to step into a relationship with you. I thank you for their heart, the fact that they were vulnerable enough to step into it and say, I need Jesus. God, put people around them. Help them get through the rock and the hard places. God, create a way where it feels like there is no way and surround them with people to help them get through it. We thank you so much that they accept the fact that you died for their sins, but that you rose again and now they get to have everlasting relationship with you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.